Hello. Testing. This is a special transmission. A special one-off show. With me, Ricky Gervais, Stephen Merchant. Hello there. And the little bald mank twat that is the shaven monkey known as Carl Pilkington. Alright. Now, Rick, just a quick question, because if people have just stumbled across this, perhaps on the uh, internet or on their uh, TV channel, they're probably going to be a little bit alarmed by what you've said there. You've come straight in with little bold mank twat, and a lot of people don't know who that little bold mank twat is, so maybe you should clarify. Well, um, I can say I'm, I, I, I'm Ricky Gervais. You probably know me from such shows as The Office and Extras, cameos in the odd film. Um, my uh, long-term partner, not in that way, Stephen Merchant. <laughs> not in that way. Uh, Stephen Merchant, yes, I was involved with some of those projects, uh, but I've not been in a film. And uh, we met Carl when we went back to XFM as Conquering Heroes. We were we were let go when uh, XFM changed hands, um, and then uh, we did The Office, and then we came back, and we were big shots. No longer did we need to run the desk or press any buttons, um, so we were assigned... Um, how can I put this? Uh, like a, a stupid lackey. Yes, yes. Um, proper. St I mean, probably the person who was lowest on the rung. I'd have thought so. Station. They said, "Oh, go, give it to me." No one wants to work the Saturdays. The caretaker didn't work Saturdays, so they gave <laughs> yeah. us Carl. And we met Carl, and um, I was first struck by the roundness of his head. I'll mm. be honest. I thought this is a bald man, um, a little round-headed bald freak of a man. He opened his mouth. He spoke funny. Um, actually, he spoke without opening his mouth. That was the second thing that struck me. <laughs> he just had this slack-jawed gimpness about him. Words came out. Um, they I, think, were, I think they got the idea now, anyway. Was what? <laughs> <laughs> Do you feel that that was a balanced uh, explanation of your meeting with us, or would you like to offer any extra detail there, Carl? Um, well, with every meeting, there's a, there's a different story, isn't there? Um, the way you sort of looked at me and thought, he's weird. I saw Steve, it was like a triangle. <laughs> Ricky was looking at me, I was looking at you, uh, thinking that's weird. Uh, it seems yeah, that's, that's a little unjust that I'm the, I, you know, why don't you have any go at Ricky for being fat and Just because, old? no, I'm just saying on the first meeting, right. it's like a museum, isn't it? Everybody rushes to the weird stuff first. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I love the fact that you're putting yourself firmly in that category <laughs> as well, though. Oh, I love that. That, that. That's great, like someone from Reservoir Dogs. Everyone but, looking at someone else. But you don't feel that way about me anymore. No, I've got used to it now. That's, that's what I'm <laughs> no, saying. No, I'm saying you, you, that whatever your accusations of weirdness were, they all were unfounded. It moves, it moves on, doesn't it? It's like like anything, you get you get used to, to a look, don't you? Um, <laughs> I, I watch a lot of programmes on stuff that people have up with them. and, and You only watch programmes about people that got something wrong with them. That is what you do. If, if ever you say, did you see that thing last night, it's going to be something like the, 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 the kid who was born with too many legs, yeah. or the, the, the baby with an arse for a head. It's yeah. always going to be stuff like that. It's like there was a programme on a bit back about a fella who had a, had a funny head and what have you, and he lived in a small village, and nobody double-taked anymore because you get used to it, don't you? What, what was up with his head? Just had like a, it was sort of like the new elephant, man. It sort of had gone for that look. What does he do in the morning? Just eat a bun, sort of no, shave. It's, it's, it's just that's what, all I'm saying is people in his village. You want a big village. People are used to it, and they're no longer stared. And that's what I'm saying with you. And, but it's uh, interesting that because you you say you've acclimatised <coughs> to my so-called weirdness. I don't know what weirdness that is. I've, I've still not grasped that. But Ricky continues. 
What? Yeah, it's just the O's. <laughs> you well, said it's listing shit. Why are you listing shit? I've not had a go at you and you're super f***ing round head like a f***ing orange. Which is the thing which perpetually entertains Ricky. Ricky is never acclimatised to you. Is that fair, Rick? Yeah, I love it. I just, I can't get enough of him. Because I see different things. Every time I look at Carl, sometimes I see like a completely sort of like spherical object. Right, like a, uh, on, honestly, like some sort of pumpkin uh, on, on, you know, uh, Halloween. And then I see him, I see flat, straight oh, with on. With a pumpkin, Rick, right. with, with, a, with a jack-o'-lantern outside someone's house, right? There is a certain light behind the eyes. <laughs> Not with Carl. And then sometimes he looks like a plate. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, you know, like a, a, a clay plate that a child has made. When they've, they've made a face on the plate using yeah. their, their food. Or a biscuit. Like one of those biscuits, a novelty biscuits you can <laughs> buy sure, on your birthday. you can ice with a little smile into my... Yeah. Um, but that's not, that's not the, um, I think that's not the biggest thing. Carl, Carl, it isn't his um, physicality, isn't it the roundness of his head, it isn't the gimpness of his slack-jawed um, face. Um, it's not even his, his hairy body and sort of like chimp-like gait. It is. <laughs> Although those are all key features. These are all key features, yeah. but it's his incredible mind. And I think uh, maybe over the next um, two hours or so, um, if you haven't heard of Carl, uh, then I think you're in retreat. If you have heard of Carl, then you're already being um, treated, I think, uh, by the fact that he is, is present on this special broadcast. Rick, can I suggest that we uh, take a pause there, play some music, come back and we'll talk some more. Oh, this isn't just about car, we're playing some great tunes. Arctic Monkeys, fluorescent, adolescent, talking of monkeys, we're here with Carl Pilkington. <laughs> um, well, I say we, uh, I'm Ricky Gervais, with me, Stephen Merchant. Hello. Um, doing a special... Uh, one-off broadcast. Now, it's 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 special in the sense that um, I don't know why it's special. I started that sentence. I had no, <laughs> you had no I, I really, I, I had no backup. It's not particularly special. We've done this thousands of times. Um, well, it's special in the sense you got the old team back together. Exactly. It's special in the sense that it is a one-off. Yeah, that's why it's a special one-off. It's special in the sense that it is a one-off. I know it's special for me because I'm giving up um, a time about three or four hours of my time for no money and no personal gain. So well, a you say that. Now, now, Sammy Jacob, right, is, is the guy that um, founded XFM and gave me and Steve our break yep. in entertainment or, or, or whatever, comedy. Um, I remember also on the second day, he said, when are you two <laughs> going to do some work before I fire? Yes. Which was... Uh, and yeah. I vowed that no one would ever say that again. <laughs> yeah. And, um, um, so we, uh, he called me out of the blue and said... Um, you know, we're launching Enemy Radio. That's a good project, you know. I'm a fan of the genre. Um, right, will you do a special show? Right, I called I called Steve. Steve went, wah, wah. I called Carl and he went, definitely not. Um, and so I had to persuade these two miserable bastards to do this show. Carl, why didn't you want to do this? As a favour, I said to Carl, let's do it, let's do one. There's two reasons I wanted to do this. One, we'd stop the podcast. Yeah. Carl... We, we we charged for the podcast because you'd left work and you know we did very very well with that and I thought I want to give some back to the fans okay that's yeah. one thing okay yeah. right um two I want to do Sammy a favour why not okay well, well that's fair that's that's your, your yeah. opinion yeah but 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 you yes but what you can't do when you're doing someone a favour you can't go yeah Steve and Carl feel the same about it 
Yeah, of course I'll do it, Sammy. Well, of course well, Carl will do you a favour, the man you've never met and you've never done a favour for yourself. Well, of course he'll do it. Well, hold on. Steve didn't want to do it either. He was busy. He works on six music, so he was worried about that. He shouldn't well, really be doing I it. I shouldn't really be doing this. And I'll tell you this, yeah. if you do love great new music and lively chat, then six music Sunday afternoons is a great place to be with the I, Steve Merchant Show. I agree. There's enough for everyone to go round. Yeah. Enjoy that. Enjoy this. Yeah. But Steve does it a favour to me. I said, Steve, well, do it. all right, mate. You've done me enough favours. Yeah. Yes, I will. Okay? You didn't fall for that. I said, as a favour to me. No, he didn't. I even started an internet campaign to put in the poster up saying, Carl, do some work, you little yeah. lazy bastard. After a month, he was begging me to stop it. I he wasn't was begging you. It was just a bit stupid. You were really annoyed. Yeah, what I, annoyed. I like, though, it's interesting because you are... You're a busy man, Rick, yeah. and you're, I know you've been heavily involved with lots of projects. How you found time, because you don't like writing and doing any form of administration no. at any time. How you found time to write a daily blog is quite remarkable. Well, I knew it was irritating. <laughs> right. It was, uh, it, it captured the imagination of, um, you know, people all over the world. I wanted him to do this podcast, um, and here we are. What changed your mind, Carl? Um, well, you kept going on about it. Yeah. And then I thought... You saw friendship, friendship was an important thing. Um... Yeah, a little bit of that. Now I've got, I've got, uh, I've got to tell Steve something on air that Steve doesn't know about. Me and Steve are doing this for free as a favour. I'm doing it as a favour to Sammy. Steve's doing it as a favour for me. That's what friends are for. Uh. Carl was negotiating himself some money. Yeah. Well, this, this who the hell have you negotiated money from? With Sammy, I didn't know him. I, 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 I owe this man nothing. We're, I'm not doing anything for free. I've got bills to pay. We've all got bills to pay. Right? Oh. You've got other work that brings you money in. Uh, let me just stop because... I'm sick of it. Wait, though, because this is interesting. Because, as you say, Rick, you're doing this as a favour to Sammy. He gave you your big break. Now, yeah. Rick, you gave me my big break, yeah. right? I didn't know Sammy. Ricky gave me a break. I'm oh. doing this as a favour to Ricky. Oh, hold on. Who the hell oh. gave Carl Pilkington oh. a big break? Oh! Who? Oh! Who would have... There's one man in this room who wouldn't even have an agent, wouldn't oh. even have a need for an agent, if it oh. weren't for Ricky, Mr. Ricky Gervais. But hang on a minute. It's not me. Nice I'm, just, one, I'm, I'm already thanking you, Rip, nice one, free, Steve. Free show, so you miserable, ungrateful little mank twat. Yeah, it's real. I hope you feel really bad. I don't feel bad. Me and Steve are doing it at the kindness of our heart. Yeah, free. You're you're uh, money grabbing again. That also over the internet. How mean he is. I'm not how, mean. You are mean, Carl. Because you know we did those paid podcasts, and all I wanted to do was some free ones. You wouldn't do it because we've not- done it now. I'm just saying you've got to get to a point when you go. I enjoyed that. Yeah, the podcasts were all right. Cut them off. You don't keep the story going. With but the Bible, I, they didn't go, let's do another volume. People seem to like this story. Yes, they did. What? The New Testament. The Old Testament was a yeah, massive right. They did it once then. They did like a special for the fans. But all I'm saying sequel. is... Sequel. One they, sequel. But they didn't They didn't keep going on. And we did three lots of the podcast. Yeah. That's more than enough for anyone. But I just wanted to give, you know, the people on the internet yeah. something back. Yeah, well, we've given them enough. Well, Sick of the people on the internet always moaning. What? Who are moaning? just moan. <laughs> Who do? People do. Sick of it. We call him Graham. They said, they said I'm not even real. They said he's, he's an actor. He's called Graham. That annoyed me. That's the thing that annoyed me the most. Graham. Of all the names. It's just, if I don't, if I'm not me, what am I? That's the thing that annoyed me most. <laughs> if I'm not me, what am I? Well, it, it would annoy me if someone was accusing me of something. Because, I mean, that's the thing. No, it annoyed you because they were stating a falsehood. Yeah, that's what annoys me. That's, that's what did me add in. Let's, uh, play a record. We'll be back with Gra- uh, Carl <laughs> after this. Richard Ashcroft, check the meaning. He's from your neck of the woods, isn't he? Wigan. Um, 
Yeah, we were just discussing um, the fact before. how miserable and mean Carl is. He won't do anyone a favour. Do he do takes favours. I shifted your telly. Oh, hold on. He shifted my telly. I gave him a television. I gave him a bed. He went, I shifted your bed. No, I gave you a bed. <laughs> That's how he couches things. I cashed that bloody check you wrote to me. Unbelievable. Who's, who's the last person you did a favour for where you weren't expecting something in return? I'm always treating people. I've told you, if I have a good day, at the end of it, I'll go, do you know what? I'll treat them. Treat it might, who? It might, it might be a homeless fella. It might be some charity. I'm sick, honestly, the amount of money I give away it to might be, It might be a girlfriend who got a lovely new camera for Christmas, still wrapped up from when it was given to you as a leaving present. <laughs> so... All this stuff about you're doing so much for charity. You, you honestly tell me, you think you're walking along, you're whistling, oh, I've had a great day, me. Hey, you never have a great day. No, I've never, I've never seen you have a great day. It doesn't matter what, it's unbelievable. You're whinging all the time, miserable. Yeah. Nothing impresses you, nothing at all. The best I've ever heard you was, I was all right, that. Well, tell us about the, the last time you had a great day. What was the last great day you had where you thought, oh, I must end this by giving some money to a homeless fella? Um... I mean, yeah, I don't have a great day, <laughs> but, but what I mean is, a day when I go, do you know what, I'm quite content. <laughs> That's amazing! It's a long I'm, way from that, a good day. That is the equivalent of him skipping a lot. No, I, every night before I nod off, I lie there, and yeah. I think, what sort of a day have I had? And I'll go through it, and I'll go, yeah, that was alright. How boring is that? So no, boring. it's good, you've got to do that, otherwise what was the point of the day? If you're so, never going to look back on it and go, what have I done? Yeah, that was alright. What's the point of it happening? <laughs> but how often do you go, wow, I've really achieved a lot today? Because I remember that. one day, just one day at random you told us, you'd been to the cobblers and back. <laughs> I didn't even know cobblers still existed. Yeah, that was a 24-hour period we were talking about there. <laughs> um, you kept a diary. It mainly consisted of, uh, had a chip butty in a, in a cafe with Suzanne. And then you talk about an old woman you saw. No, that I've, was your I've, day. I've, I've made it a thing that I do now that I like to learn something. Every on, day, and then... Go on, what have you learned today? Well, I haven't done anything yet. Brilliant. But what, what I'm saying what is... What have you learned yesterday? I've learned you're, you're not a generous man. You're a yeah. mean, mean bastard, so you don't repay... And that's pounds. coming from Steve Merchant. I'm just saying, as long as... I always think if you've learned something... Yeah. ...then the day's not been wasted. What someone, have you learned yesterday? What have you learned that. yesterday? Um, It was the... What's it? Something you told me about the, uh, the monkey arm. Right, yeah. There's, a uh, um... Scientists, um have done the first brain robot interface. They've put like a hundred electrodes on the part of the cortex that is um, uh, for uh, your, your motor system and they put it on a monkey's brain and through the power of thought he learned how to use a robot arm. Wow. So just by thought, just like you do your own arm, yep. you, you know, and uh, it was it took him a few days, not years, in a few days this this monkey was making this robot arm pick up grapes and put it in his own mouth mm. through the power of thought, right? Carl went, did he have his own arms? I went, yeah, he went, well, he's lazy then. Don't you think it's a bit wasted on a chimp? One, what's it doing? All they ever do is eat or chuck shit about. So why give them a decent new robotic arm? Well, who are you going to give it to? I just mean give it to something that, that is going to get more use out of it. What, a giraffe? Right. No, something more, if, if they could link that up to a worm, I'd go, that's good. Well, I'd how could a worm think to use a robot arm? Listen to me. They can't think. Oh, hang on, I'd yeah, like to know. Is... I'd like to know how this tiny worm- How do you worm... know? How do you know? What I'm saying is, a worm's never had an arm. You're a maniac! I'm think what gonna... you're saying! You wish a worm had an arm for a day! I, I, no, all I'm saying is, if we're gonna 
faff about here and get animals giving them extra arms don't they weren't giving a monkey an extra arm they were testing this theory that they could make the first computer brain interface the thought went from the brain through a computer and made this arm work that's incredible the upshots are you can you can really have bionic arms you could have um amputees having perfectly working dexterous limbs and your response to that is I'd Give it to say, a worm. I'd just say I'd, I'd be more, I'd, I'd sort of be fascinated about seeing it more if they said, look at what the worms wants to do with an arm if it had one. <laughs> God, I honestly but don't how, know how your brain works. I think we should give it to you and see what you do with the arm. What I tell you, what how I would a worm? It, how would go. a worm? How could a worm have an arm, Carl? It would. It wouldn't have an arm. The monkey didn't have an arm. It was a robot arm that they'd set up. Right. On let, let me put, explain it like this. I wish they'd have picked something else. Maybe not a worm, but they always seem to do the tests. On the wrong animals. No, they do it on the th closest thing to the human being it they They've they done, can. I tell you what I read. Do you know I say I like to learn something every every yeah. day and what have you. Yeah. A few weeks ago, it was about our worm. They've they've given it anti-aging cream. Right. When have you ever seen an old worm? <laughs> How do we know if it's any good? I could not tell you the age of a worm. I've seen loads of them. Give it a tortoise. Play a record. <laughs> Bob Dylan, Positively 4th Street. I actually, um, Rick, was in uh, Vietnam a couple of weeks ago. Oh, yeah. And I know you, I don't know if this was thanks to your campaign, but I did pass somewhere, it was admittedly a European person, but as I passed, they went, Oi, oi, Carl Pilkinson's got a head like a f***ing orange. That's amazing. Which is lovely to see. And I've, that's I've in, had it all the way around the world. That's in Vietnam. What were you doing in Vietnam? Eh, you know, just, uh, heard there was a war. Went over to see if that was uh, wrapped up. They finished that a while ago. So you've been to Vietnam, you went to... Popped uh, down to Cambodia at the Cuba, same time. Yeah, Cambodia, uh, Kenya. W w w I was wondering, would you ever consider going to a holiday destination where you didn't have to have injections in the stomach to get in? Well, you know what? I am an adventurer by spirit. I am a sort of Indiana Jones figure, and um, plus someone was paying for it. <laughs> <laughs> um, we did it, <clears throat> pardon me, we did it in uh, high-class luxury. There was no slum in it. I felt a bit bad because I was worried that I wouldn't see the real Vietnam. But I did. I did see the real Vietnam from the air-conditioned 4x4 that I was uh, being driven to my five-star hotel. And what's it like? It's great. It's really good. I mean, obviously, you know, the war was a long time ago, so uh, they got back on the, uh, you know, back on their uppers. I don't know what I mean by that. But anyway, no, I they're around. If yeah. you're on your uppers, isn't <laughs> yeah. it? Yeah. Back on. Anyway, no, it's doing well. A lot of nice people, a lot of generous people. You know, obviously there's poverty. Yeah. Um, there's a couple of things over there I think which would really intrigue you, Carl. And I think it's a great shame that you're not more adventurous as a traveller because I think it would really open your eyes. You're having a laugh. He has about nine holidays a year. Yeah, he goes to the same place, doesn't he? Some rock in the Mediterranean. Yeah, it's safe. Yeah, I know Vietnam. There's nothing there. there. I know, but but I don't sort of. What I've seen of Vietnam, I had a mate who went to somewhere like that. He showed me a picture. I had a picture of him uh, walking round with a bag of locust <laughs> <laughs> that had been sold, and that's that's to eat. Well, I did. I did actually utter the phrase at one point. Oh, I think that gecko's repeating on me. <laughs> that's what I mean. So I mean, I am quite exotic. I don't mind. I tell you what, I didn't do though, and I think I would fascinated to have seen you down there. There's a place in Vietnam, uh, just outside of uh, Hanoi, called. Uh, snake village, right? And it is a long, long tradition in Vietnamese culture of eating snakes. In fact, one of the tourists even said, one of the guides actually said, we will eat anything. 
and um, they eat snakes over there. And I'm not just talking about tiny little ones. I mean, proper great big mammoth snakes, sometimes even king cobras, which I think may even be endangered in some parts of the world. And anyway, in Snake Village, you go over there. I didn't go because I was just a bit too squeamish. You sit down. They bring a great big snake. You choose it like you would a lobster. They bring you that snake. They uh, sort of give it a bit. They sort of give it a bit of a demonstration. Then they slit it open in front of you. That's disgusting. The blood dribbles into a cup, and then if you're the guest of honor, they take the still beating heart and they make you drink it from a glass. Yeah, you see, that's disgusting. I've, n- I've never fancied that. No, I've no. never sort of thought. Do you know what? <laughs> it's, I, I just think it's uh, it's not holiday. That it's like endurance. What? <laughs> <laughs> I don't, uh... I'm not uh, suggesting that you would enjoy that. I'm saying that there are many of these interesting, you know, exotic worlds out there. You just stay cosseted in your tiny little world and whinge about everyone else. Oh, and this and that. You've got no real empathy. I mean, I went to some extraordinary places in Vietnam. There's quite a lot of floating villages. Yeah. Villages that are actually floating on the water and where the fishermen live. Well, he's had trouble with his boiler. There was a big leak in your yeah. flat, wasn't there? But, but that's, that's fine, looking at stuff like that. All I'm saying is, when it comes to, the, like, the point when I'm getting hungry, don't be serving me a snake's head. I'd love to see a little floating village, but why is it every restaurant you go in, they go, you know, do you want some crispy ant, sea urchins, you know, some mate had one of them, they said, it's sort of alive when you're eating it, you have to hit it on the head to knock it out a bit and eat it before it wakes up again. I I don't want a meal where you're sort of having to do that to it. I'm not (laughs) going to enjoy it, thinking, is it waking up yet? I haven't finished my starter, oh, it's it's, it's rolling about a bit. Hit it on the head again. But this shows your ignorance, Carl, because Vietnamese food is not like that at all, is it? I'm just talking about one particular exotic restaurant. What was your last holiday? A couple of weeks ago, wasn't it? Uh, Yeah, it was a cheap one, though. Go on, what did you go? It was only 250 quid. Yeah, brilliant. Go Uh, on. Just a place in Menorca. You don't don't want to waste money, do you? Menorca. It's just a... You've been there before, haven't you? Uh... No, I don't think I have. You've basically been to the same places over there. Yeah, there's, there's, there's not. I mean, I, I'll. Yeah, you're right. I mean, there's, there was nothing there to see. It was, it was just. Even the weather wasn't that good. But <laughs> so it was a waste I don't of know time. Why I went. No wonder it was so <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I went. But, but it's an experience. So, so you and Suzanne went away for an idyllic holiday. It was two hundred and fifty pounds all in for a week. Was it? Mm. Weather wasn't very good. There was nothing to see. It was a shithole. Right. What did you do? Um, I just sat outside and I was watching. Uh, in the rain, but you didn't even need to hire a, a villa. Then you could have just like no, pitched it, up. It and said, Can of, I sit here? We had our own space, and for the first day it was all right. And then like, then a family moved in next door from Scotland, and they were loud. And I hate it when people are loud and you can't understand what they're saying because their accents was really strong. So it's like, no, I can't even sit here and listen to what's going on. It's like really strong accent. Um, Brilliant. The kid was only young, but he, he sounded old. You know what I mean? I don't know what that means. No, I've no idea. Just the Scottish voice, it's, it's, it sounds old. It sounds, even though he was a baby, he had a voice of an old man. <laughs> I don't know what that but means. this is what I'm saying. You don't, Im- you don't go anywhere where you can embrace the change and the difference. You go to places where just some annoying people come and you move in next door. I had paella. I mean, it, it, depends, it depends on what you want out of life. How much, you know, what... Yeah, like I said to you, life's about learning. What do you want to learn? I'm just saying that that's what life's about. If you don't learn anything, then what's the point? You might as well be a mayfly. Right. We've got all these years on the planet. Yeah. See something. Hold on. This is what Steve's saying. I know. But I'm saying, watch it on the telly. (laughs) (laughs) There we are. There's the rub. Rilo Kylie. Portions for foxes. If you love good music, by the way, you should tune into uh, Six Music on well, Sunday afternoons, the Steve Show. Well, Steve at the moment, you're listening to Enemy Radio. Well, yeah, but you can listen to that on uh, enemyradio.com or mm. on your telly. Yeah. 
on the internet, Go everywhere around the world. Enemy, probably uh, along with um, Rolling Stone, one of the most famous, most respected yeah. music. Well, yeah, but you you can carry magazines. on reading. You can carry on reading Rolling Stone magazine after you're about sixteen years of age. <laughs> Have you read the Enemy? Well, Not for a while. The letters pages. People complaining about the haircut of the bloke from the Kaiser Chiefs. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a pressing concern. Move on. <laughs> oh. That's the problem, isn't it? That's, that's me with music. I like to sing along to a track. but I, I doubt that. I do. Well, Go on. I, no, I sort of hum. Go on, then. What is it, what, what's the last track you hummed along to? Hummed along to? What's your shower song? People are supposed to have a shower song, they sing in the shower. What's yours? Oh, well, with my boiler being broke, it's got to be a short one. <laughs> How's that going? People won't believe you. See, that's the other thing that people think, you know, uh, I've been mo- moaning about the boiler since, what, about 2006? Yeah. I've had it fixed loads of times. Mm. Still the fault now. Every summer, it's come round again, you know, the hot weather. It's it's not working. Get a new boiler. I can't get a new one. People keep saying get a new one. I can't get a new one. Why? No one will fit one in the cupboard that it's in. What, you can't find a single boiler in the world? No. What, what they said was, British Gas said they can't touch it because it's dangerous. That's good. I got in a dodgy fella to try and sort it, and he said, oh, I don't want to tap that one, it seems too dangerous. He said, have you got an alarm in here? That's what <laughs> you mean. He said, it lets out gases, make sure you have a thing, because this is old boiler, I'm not messing with it. So immediately you went out and got that scene too? No, I've got an alarm now. Have you? What, you're telling, genuinely telling me there is no one anywhere who the, can take this boiler the out? What they got to do, they just got to blow up the house, no, have they? what they said was, they said, we can put one in your lounge for you. Because he said you've got to knock a wall down. All this, it's not worth it. It's not worth it. Well, you've got to knock a wall down. He said knock a wall down to put up a new boiler, and I don't want to start knocking walls down just for the sake of hot water. It's not worth it. Put the kettle on. That's I can't be bothered. So yeah, it is still ongoing. Well, he ain't got to wash his hair. Has he? no, that's true. So uh, so yeah, I don't uh, I don't really have a shower song. But uh, yeah, music's all right. I just I just don't want to know everything about music's it. Music's like, all right. No, it's good. It's one of the seven yes, wonders I of know, the world. No, it is. Yeah, it's good. It, it's in, it's it's beyond. I can't describe. I couldn't try to describe how amazing music yeah, is. Yeah, I know. It's not the shit we've been playing. No, I'm just. But I mean, I'm you just, know, I'm yeah, just good saying, music. Classic Vaughan music. Williams and Beethoven. <laughs> the music affects the brain in extraordinary ways. People with you know sleeping sickness who are otherwise almost in a vegetative state hear music. They can suddenly be. They can come awake. They can sometimes even dance. You know, yeah. I was watching a documentary the other night about people with, you know, um, Tourette's syndrome, where it affects, you know, the body in different spasms. Sp- you know, they have spasms yeah. and twitches. But That's when they're right. drumming, all that, all those spasms and twitches go away. Other people who've got the IQ of children, and yet they can play classical pieces. They yeah. can improvise in an extraordinary jazz way. It it's, does it's a remarkable too. thing. Music it works does something. No, it does. Yeah, there's an Elvis song that my hairs always go up on my back every time I hear it. I don't One know thing. why. Every yeah. time I hear well, it, I, I know why because yeah. there's none on your head. But you've worked in music. You've worked around music for yeah, years, yeah, and not yeah, once yeah. has it improved your IQ. No, I like. I like. I, do you know the biggest problem, Steve? I don't want to moan. Um, you do. <laughs> you can't get away from noise these days, and and that's the problem. I think that's uh, music's almost got too important now. People can't think, and and that's that's the problem with music. There's always noise. You can't get away from it, and I can't concentrate. If there's any sort of noise, I can't concentrate. My brain's going. What's the noise? And my ears are going. I don't know. Go and have a look. And I the love guys, the fact that your brain's talking to your ears. <laughs> it, it, it's, it, it's all connected. The only is, I genuinely think that conversation is going on I in know. Carl's head, and I think the ears are slightly cleverer than his brain. <laughs> no, yeah. that's, they all they all kick in, don't they? 
I'm sat there, my brain's working. Go on. I might on. be writing something, I might be doing that book, I'm thinking, my brain's going, right, yeah, it's working. And then a noise happens outside, my ears go, what's that? My eyes go, well, I'll have a look. Brain goes, yeah, go on then. Suddenly, they're not even thinking about the book. They! All the They! No. It's you! No, but, There's but, no conversation no, between ears and eyes and brains. Interesting. He's this read is... the numbskulls, do you remember this... that? As a kid. <laughs> Lots of little people inside a person's brain making it work. Hermes' head, yeah. for American. Yeah, yeah, turning a wheel yeah. to I've move I've said to it you, quite. though, how do you know which one's in charge? Because my brain was quite happy doing that book, but my ears got bored. <laughs> <laughs> make and a note of that, someone, if you're listening, make a note of that. The brain was quite happy working on the book, but my ears got bored. No, the bored. way I see it is, your brain is like the adult. The your what? E the adult. Oh, I thought it said adult. And your adult. ears and your eyes are like the kids, and they, they get bored quicker. And the brain's oh, quite happy. This, is, this doesn't work at all as a metaphor, on any level. Biologically, philosophically. It does. Uh, no, it doesn't. It doesn't work at all. It does, because your brain does the thinking. Now, if I have earplugs in, yeah. my brain can think better without the ears. <laughs> yes, because there's nothing to put it off. It's concentrating. That's a distraction. Yeah, so that's what I'm saying to your you. Your ears are just receptacles. Hear him, mate. Yes. Hear so if your ears can't do their job, it's like a well-behaved kid. It sits there. It's quite happy. It's not interesting what's going on around it. Take the earplugs out, they go mental. What's that noise? What noise? Go and have a look. Eyes, go and have a look. I don't know what you're talking about. This is the ramblings of a maniac. Uh, Can you tell your brain to tell your mouth to talk some sense? <laughs> well, which order would you say it works in? Well, it's all working at the same time, isn't it? No, but your brain's at the beginning. of the. If it was a circuit... Your brain's at the beginning. Yeah, no, but, necessarily. But, not, not with hearing something. Your ears come first, but they're, they're passive. Your ears are merely um, receptacles for sound, right? They're a conduit to the brain. So hearing is only thought. Hearing isn't the airwaves hitting your eardrum. You can't block it out. No, what I'm saying is, that's a passive thing. Your fingers, when it touches something, it's your brain that develops that information. Your fingers aren't going, oh, well, I don't recognise that, it's a piece of cheese. It just touches it and your brain recognises it. It's all done in the brain. Mm. No, not convinced? I, I, I'm just... That information I, I, all, is still being worked on by the brain. All, yeah. all I can do is tell you the way I work and I know if I'm sat in a quiet place... No, no, Carl. With nothing no, around No, you me, can't tell me the way your brain works. My ears, my ears get bored. Uh, that makes no sense at all. I'm, I'm telling you, if I'm in a quiet place, right. my brain is happier. It can it can focus on what it's doing. The ears almost go, there's now to hear here, call it a day. The eyes, <laughs> no, they don't. The eyes are going, well, there's now to see outside. Just just chill out. Whereas if there's a noise outside, if it's a noisy street, everything's kicking in. My brain's getting annoyed. My, brain's, my, my ears are going, what's that racket? My eyes are thinking, oh, what was that scream? What's happened? What's your nose doing? Why, why is your eyes thinking, what's the scream? What? Why are your eyes getting concerned with noise? They wants to see what the ears have heard. Cure <laughs> <laughs> Lullaby on NME Radio with me, Ricky Gervais, Stephen Merchant, Hello. and Carl Pilkington. Alright. Now, straight after your holiday, you uh, you got home and then came out to visit me in in Boston yeah. on the on the set of my uh, film I was doing mm. how was that? well I didn't want to do it did I? he called up and said do you want to come out and do I a favour for me Ricky said you, can you do a favour for me he thought no 
Um, well, no, I didn't. I didn't just go no. I sort of said, "What is it?" And he said, "Oh, well, you can just have a part." And he's like, "What's the point, though? I'm, I'm not an actor. I can't act. What's the point? It's well, a long are, way to brain. go." So anyway, he said, "All right, don't bother." And a week later, calls back and he says, "Bring Suzanne with you if you want. Our holiday." So I thought, yeah, I could treat Suzanne to that. I thought a little part, a little part for him. They'd probably pay two flights, mm. yeah. you know, she's coming out. And so, I, th- I thought, I thought, share it with friends. I, thought, I was, I was, I was a generous a, guy. Yeah, so, so I thought, oh, she'll love that. That'll get me in a good book. So I said, listen, we're going to Boston. She goes, right. Anyway, Ricky books the tickets and that. She can't get time off because we've just been in Menorca. So they said, hang on, you've just had a week off. You can't go anywhere. So I had to go on my own, right? Which, you know, fair enough. Uh, I'd, I'd said I'd go by that point. It had all been booked. The costume that I needed for the film bit had been made. I couldn't get out of it. I was in too deep. <laughs> um, anyway, go out, go there. Uh, Boston isn't worth seeing. Oh. Uh, I mean, you're talking about travelling the world and, uh, you know, opening your eyes and uh, seeing new things. There's nothing to see in Boston. It's it's Dunkin' Donuts and Starbucks. Um, <laughs> there's nothing else, is there? I'm not being unfair there. I mean, it looks nice. There's nice buildings. You mean of. there's not a museum of the weird? There's, um... They had something to do with uh, tea bags, didn't they, that? I told no, you, it's it, the, the Boston hotel. Tea Party. It was nothing yeah. to do with tea bags. Well, the, it was other, the Boston other than that, Tea Party. That one of the yeah. founding events of America. Yeah, I know, yeah. It wasn't something to do with tea bags. Yeah. So, so, so other you, than that... It wasn't chimps. There was no chimps involved it, it in was, the Boston uh, Tea Party. For me, I went out for a walk on two of the days when, when I wasn't on to work. And yeah, oh yeah, only worked for one day. Well, Got three days, three, three four, four days in a hotel, mm. uh, all paid for. Uh, one day's work. Got, I mean, it really is. He really is ungrateful. Mm-hmm. So anyway, um, Steve, I dressed up as a caveman in some old animal stuff, which you thought well, this was for the film, was it? This, this wasn't just your natural. Yeah, yeah. So can I just say, I, it was not real fur. I insisted there was no real fur. Well, used. you say that, yeah. I get back, right, I'm run down, because I didn't sleep when I was out there. I'm not very good. If Suzanne's not in the bed, I, there's something, it's like I feel... Uh, what, she's got to be there to tell you to sleep? Well, to rise in the car. Yeah, it just and, sleep. And, and our ears, <laughs> stop <laughs> listening. Listen to my words. <laughs> stop, yeah. Sleep now, ears. So, uh, so anyway, so I wasn't sleeping, so I was there for four days or whatever. I must have had about one three day, One real day's no. work filming, two, and he was two, shattered. Really. He was absolutely shattered. He was weak, he was, it was, he was ill for a week afterwards. I did I like down. 35 days, mm. you know. Yeah. So, yeah, but you were sleeping. If you don't sleep, it's basic, basic sort of biology. That. Mm. If you don't sleep, you get run down. Sloths never get a, a flu. Because it's good, isn't it? That's when your body's replenishing. Can we just go over that one? Replenishing. What is it then? I'm gonna burst. Sloths never sloths never get flu because that's when your body's replenishing. Right. <laughs> so, so the thing is, I'm bound to get ill. So you know what it's like. You're always like got a cold and that. I'm always oh, dissing you. Oh, everything. Yeah, what's it got to do with me? Just saying because you're a bit of a sickly child, so you don't oh, understand. Oh, jeez! I'm only go at the looks no, and then only the, because I'm, you, I'm trying to get him on my side. <laughs> So anyway, so uh, so I'm shattered. I get back, so I think it's a bit weird that this isn't shaking off. And there was some news report about how there's some serious illnesses in planes because stuff goes out the engine and into the. Co- oh yeah, it's people from all over the world with all different things. Yeah, all so, the same so I'm air, thinking, yeah. oh, what have I got? You know, it's my luck in it. So uh, I go to the doctors, 
No, so well, you've done a whole day's work and you're not used to that. Your body's shut down. So you've got a holiday. Yeah, you need, you need, this is when your body needs replenishing. And I am, I am a doctor and I know replenishment is one of the best, uh, replenishment is one of the best things for slows. So I said, I said to him, I said, look, I'm not one to moan. I hardly go to see him. He went, are you? I hardly see him. I hardly see this fella. So I said, look, look, I can't shake this cold off. Um, I woke up the other night shaking. And he said, oh, virus, right? So, uh... Which isn't scary at all, because everything, you know... Well, there's some dodgy viruses, isn't well, there? Well, yeah, but there's some... Well, that's what I'm saying, so... Yeah, yeah, well, of course it's a virus. Yeah. What, else would it, what else would it be? Oh, I don't know. Not a doctor. So, so I said, oh, when's it going to go? And he said, oh, might be two weeks, this one. Seems like a bad one. You're quite clammy, he said. <laughs> so, um... So I said, yeah, I feel a bit clammy, yeah. And he said, yeah, you will do. So, um, so anyway, so I felt happy about that, and I'm more confident with the doctor, because, you know, you've had, you've got your vest off and all that, so you think, why not, just let him do a bit of a body check. So I said, doctor, whilst I'm here, I think I've got some eczema on my leg. And, uh, he goes, let's have a look. And I said, there it is there. And, uh, he said, that's not eczema. So you've got a bit, you've got a touch of ringworm. Blimey. Right? So straight away, anything with a worm in it, you're going, you what? Yeah. It, it makes it sound worse on it. I was thinking like tapeworm and stuff. Yeah. So he's going, yeah, ringworm, and he saw me panic, and he went, "Don't worry." You pictured not. a worm with a giant well, mechanical arm crawling at your back. He could see yeah. by my face was a little bit like I've got a worm in me. Like he's going, "Don't worry, it's not a worm." Uh, and uh, I said, "How have I got that then?" And I reckon it's from this bear suit. That it wasn't. It was. Well, it was it's a little bit weird that I had no, bear boots on. I had bear boots on, yeah. and where the bear boot was, I ended up with ringworm on me. Do leg. you know why? Is where it was. Because the only bit of your leg showing, because you had bare boots on, fake fur, with a fake fur tunic, and the only bit showing was your shin. You were walking around in long grass. You got it from the grass. Well, no, because I said to him, because I wanted to wear the words bear suit from him. I said, where... <laughs> but, where, where what's the chances of that? Yeah. I said, where... Doctor, doctor what might I got this from? And then you just shut up and waited for him to say I said, bear I suit. I said, it's a little bit weird, isn't it? I said, I thought that died out with rickets, right? Because I'd never heard of ringworm since I was a kid. I remember some dirty kid had it at school, and my mum sort of said, don't go near him. So I said, ringworm then, Doctor. Where have I got that from? Thinking he'd say... Have you been wearing a bear suit? Yeah. Anyway, he said, well, uh, he says gay people get it. What? Yeah. No, he didn't. He did. Why did he say that to you? Well, this is break? what he said. He said, gay people. I said, right, take that off. <laughs> uh, he said, uh, wrestlers. Why do wrestlers get it? Uh... And I said, I, I don't understand the connection. I said, I don't know, you know, any gays, I don't know any wrestlers. And he went, well, it's the, uh, the body, skin rubbing. Um, well, why, why, do you, why do only gay people get it then? Why don't heterosexual people get it? I don't know. I don't know. Didn't, didn't quiz him. But then he said, uh, he said, what about... Did uh, a doctor really say to you gay people get it? He might have said, like, um, homosexuals. Does this doctor operate from a park bench somewhere? <laughs> Sorry, Does he have a lot of carrier bags with him? Why would his first thing be ringworm? Gay people get it. So yeah, I said I said not not gay. Not I said I don't know any wrestlers. Um that's a fact. And then he said, Have you stroked any bald pets? Any bald pets? Bald. He said, Have you stroked anything with with air missing? Bald. Is this yourself? And uh I said, I can't can't remember. And I couldn't be bothered. Was this, uh, well, sorry, were these all euphemisms? <laughs> like, uh, yeah, the wrestlers get it. Wink. Do they? Yeah. You stroked the, um, little bald hairless thing. 
Mm, no doctor. Okay, gay people get it. Let's let. Look, are you gay? Are you gay? I'm gay. I'm gay. Let's, <laughs> I, want, yeah. I want to stroke some bald. So I just I didn't, I didn't want to get into the bear suit thing because then he'd be thinking, what's he doing? No, you got it. You got it from. You've got it. So what? Wait, 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 wait. So he had a list of reasons. Of, yeah, he's reading this off a list, was he? Uh, no, he did it from his head. He, he knew it already. He didn't have to look at a form or anything. He went ringworm. He's obviously had a few people in there who have had it, and they've gone ringworm. That's a bit of weird. Uh, where have I got that from? And he knew straight away. So he's, he's, said, he's, he's had three people in there with ringworm. Popular. One of them was a wrestler. One of them had a shaved dog, and one of them was a homosexualist. Hmm. Is this the same doctor who, who told said, me that my nerves were too short for my body? Yeah, different fella. Um, so yeah, ringworm I got from from my time in Boston. Well, that was a heck of a story. <laughs> <laughs> I'm beginning to wonder if the reason Suzanne didn't go with you on that trip was not to do with work obligations. Sorry, <laughs> Pod, you've downloaded it. Maybe it's a test transmission. Yeah. Sorry. Oh, it's a test transmission. Yeah. Testing. Yeah. If uh, if you're hearing this, then it's working. <laughs> um, who are you? I'm Ricky Gervais. Who are you? Steve Merchant. Who's that little bald-headed mank twat chimp over there? It's me, isn't it? All right. Yeah, well, we need your name, don't oh, we? Carl. Is. Telling you, um, I was talking to you earlier about uh, going to Vietnam, and uh, I'm not good... I mean, although I like to travel, as you know, I like to go to exotic places, this is going to come as a surprise to you, Rick, but I do look very English mm. when I'm abroad. Um, I obviously am six foot seven. I'm quite pasty and white mm. and I find it very hard to blend in with say Vietnamese people sure um, but this time I thought I'd embrace this and I've brought you something as to show you it's not really going to be very helpful on the uh, on the enemy radio but I've, I start, I decided to wear a hat I thought oh, I'd buy God. a hat oh, and God. wear a hat and I thought that I bought this last minute as I was just before I got on the plane I was doing some shopping I thought I need to, you know, because you, you can. Think you, you think it'd be something like from a Graham Greene novel, right? Exactly. They'd go, um, they, they call him the Englishman. Exactly. He's the wisest. And, yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. So I thought, because you can kind of reinvent yourself when you're abroad in some way, yeah. can't you? You know. Yeah. And um, so this is the hat I got. Christ. Maybe you should look away for a second. I'll put okay. it on, and then you can. Uh... Now, bear in mind, it is a bit battered because it's sure. been in in bags and stuff. Sure. <laughs> Steve, what are you thinking? <laughs> right. No, it is a bit battered and damaged, right. I admit. Right, okay, how can I, um, right, it looks like a cross between some Miss Marple would wear. <laughs> That's nonsense. No, it does, it looks a bit like that, um, and there's a beer with a bloke drinking, what's that called, Moriarty beer? I think you're thinking of the, uh, Hofmeister bear. No, I'm not. It, uh, it looks like Miss Marple's hat. It doesn't look like Miss Marple's it hat. Does. It's kind of moddy, isn't it? It's, a it's bit not. Moddish. It's a tweed thing that comes down that an old lady <laughs> it's would not wear. Not a tweed. It was a, libra a librarian lady would wear in the 1930s. It's not. Tweed. I have never seen it. That you didn't really buy that, did you? To wear? I did. No, you didn't. Yes, I did. Right. Um. Can I take a picture of this and I'll put it on my website? Right, I am now taping this on a camcorder. I will put this up on rickygervais.com. I disagree. I think this genuinely looks good. I think it makes me look a bit like, say, Tom Waits or um, Farmer Barlamo. The point is this, right? I'm wearing the hat. I'm looking good, okay? But people, obviously, they can sense that I'm a moneyed tourist. They can see how good I look and they know I've got a little bit of money in my pocket. I can afford to buy hats you know, and everything. So, obviously, I'm always a target for people mm. trying to get money from me, mm. stuff like that, which is always... Well, a, you. 
there's always a hassle in it and I find it very difficult tipping when I'm abroad I don't really understand what the rules are with tipping and that's a big anxiety for me and also I have problems with the conversion you know because obviously when you go abroad so um, the Vietnamese dong <laughs> come on there's nothing, that, there's nothing funny about that that's just what it's called right for 63 US dollars you can get a million dong right that's a lot of dong so um, I'm packing like a huge dong <laughs> I, I got like you know two million dong like in me money belt under my shirt right? yeah you, you t- so so look at this image right you were wearing that hat and a bum bag yes but you when I, 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 I don't cool. have a bum bag I have a I have, um, I have a money belt that I wear underneath the t-shirt right so as not to see you know so people don't think I've got any money on me and yeah. if I get mugged I can just go I have got any money on me because they would never think to look under the underneath t-shirt. the shirt and see the money yeah. belt right? well that's still out of reach isn't it over there <laughs> Yeah, and they are actually looking up your T-shirt. Well, it's funny you should say that, right? Because I went to a market at one point just to look at the uh, things that were for sale there. There's lots of eels and lots of fish and lots of other interesting items, right? So I'm looking at the market, I'm taking some photos, and I notice this, I hear this kind of murmur, right, that's going around the market, and then I start to see them, all the people in the market, sort of pointing, right, and staring and talking at something, right? So I'm looking around, trying to figure out what it is, right? And I realise they're looking and pointing at me. I genuinely swear to God, right? So they start... And then... Did they think one of the big eels had escaped? Well, they started laughing. Oh, no. They started openly pointing and laughing. <laughs> one of them, right, started... like I think he was a postman. He, he looked like he might be a Vietnamese postman. I don't know why that should make any difference. But he started doing a sort of lumbering, sort of Frankenstein walk. <laughs> and pointing at me, right? A load of... A whole section of them just started cackling with laughter. And then at one point... A woman in one of those sort of Vietnamese lampshade hats, right? She runs up behind me and she attaches to my back a sort of kick me thing that you would have attached to someone, some nerd at school's back, right? She actually puts something like that on my back. I don't realise initially. So they're just chortling. They are weeping by now. And I'm talking like the whole market is in hysterics. And old ladies are coming up to me and just, you know, comparing their heights and then giggling. And then I'm sort of trying to get this thing off my back so I look like a dog, you know, chasing his tail. <laughs> and uh, and I pe- people, I just realised that this entire marketplace was just openly laughing at me. And what angered me, Rick, was that I've spent a lot of time in this country, in the UK, right, building up a career, right, so that people don't laugh at me, right? They respect right. me. They may see me as yeah. a man of great accomplishments and achievements. Yeah. I go to another country where I... With that hat. Exactly. Walking around with those glasses with a little with a little um, money belt on, maybe yeah. sandals. Sandals with socks because I got a foot infection. <laughs> <laughs> and it turns out that they're just laughing at me, <laughs> just openly mocking and laughing at me, right? So I just genuinely, I got upset and I got in a in um. You a, threw down a, your cagoule, left your clogs behind, and got on the first plane back. I hopped in a rickshaw straight back to the hotel where they do not laugh at me openly. <laughs> Um, but anyway, to, just to return to the dong issue, right, this was what worried me, was that uh, obviously you got a tip, so we had a driver for a few days, right, and you got to leave him a tip, and you, I never felt a bit awkward, when do you give him the tip and everything, how does it work, and so I, I didn't know how much it should be, and I was thinking, well, you know, it's a poor country, I've had a driver a couple of days, you know, I haven't paid for the driver, so I give him like $20, right, which is like 10 quid, you know, I'm thinking that seems like a good tip. I get in there, I read in the guidebook, I should have only given him $2. I so, twenty. Well, right. now I'm, but no, because a, you don't want to upset the precious equilibrium. You don't want to upset the financial equilibrium because he might have gone berserk. Yeah, you know, I mean, twenty. That's twenty dollars. There's a lot to him. He might have left his family. You know, bought a different. You know, corrugated iron shack somewhere what if else. He turned up with a hat like yours and said, <laughs> "Exactly, well, we're mates go, now, aren't we? We're mates now. Let's go yeah. back to England. Let's pick up some uh, some ladies." So, um, so I, uh, 
I uh, was a bit worried, so I I was thinking of asking for the money, you know, for some change, but I didn't think that was appropriate. So, um, but then I was worried because then I was thinking, what if all the other drivers within his organisation find out that I've given him like twenty dollars? They're all going to be expecting a big tip. Yeah. So that was a big worry. Um, but more than that, we'd also had a guide with us, so he was bound to find out how yeah. that how that things. Right now, I didn't have any dollars left, oh. and I thought, well, I've given that guy twenty. I got to give the guide who's been talking English to us, showing us around, helping us out. I got to give him 50. even more. Right, I ended up giving him a million dong. And how much is that? Sixty-three dollars. I tipped someone a million dollars. So he's a millionaire now. Yeah, I, t I made someone a millionaire through my generosity. Well, so well, so did I. He's sitting over there. <laughs> That's absolutely but right. He doesn't want to give anything back. So I know how you feel, mate. Old man, look at my life. Neil Young, old man. Carl. Now, you know, traditionally at the zoo, they have to um, dart a dangerous animal, a lion or uh, a gorilla or, or whatever. What? They have to dart it. Oh, yeah. Right? yeah, yeah. To uh, to um, take blood samples and check its health and stuff. Uh, so it's very stressful for the animal and quite dangerous to give it a, a, an anaesthetic like that. So what they've started doing now, there's a bug, right, like a, um, a type of um, beetle uh, and... Uh, it's a bloodsucker. It's a little vampire bug. Okay, it's about three centimeters long. What they do is they tie a piece of string around it. They let it go into the the cage on the chimp. It sucks the chimp's blood without the chimp even knowing. They pull it back, and they take the blood sample from it. They've taught it to do that. Well, they're not taught it to do anything. That's its nature. You put it near. A, a warm-blooded mammal, it will suck its blood. So they've just tied a string to it so they can get it back. And how often does it have to do that a day? Well, I don't know, I don't know. I, why are these the important questions? <laughs> just because... <laughs> just isn't because that incredible that they've, they've got... they've got this amazing symbiotic relationship with a bug? Cause that's Is it what the same it, one? Safety's eight chimps. Oh, jeez! Carl! Listen to me! No, let him... I want to... I'm just saying, questions. if there's eight chimps in there... Yeah. Uh, one beetle. Yeah. By about number five, that's going to be sick of eating. Well, then they probably have different beetles, and they let it. And Carl, I don't know why this is the. It the, just. I tell you why it annoys me because it annoys him. The other concern is uh, that beetle. It might be enjoying, you know, getting the blood and what have you. What happens if if one of them's got got AIDS? What one of the one of the chimps? That's where it came from. So safety. Well, then they, then they know and they say, oh, this chimp's got AIDS. Let's. And what about the beetle? What, you're saying you're worried that the beetle will contract AIDS? Well, I, I don't know if that's how it works, but all I'm saying is, you get a dirty chimp in there, <laughs> um, he's got, he's got a touch of that, and, 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 and the, and the, the beetle gets it, and all I'm saying is, it seems a bit unfair. What are you worried about the beetle? Working hard. It's eating what because it's this like. Is, this is the same as getting in foreigners to make cheap trainers, to me. They, you know, let the beetle do what it wants. I mean, be how long do they live? I read the other day about some elephant beetle. They get about four months. Right. What do you think of this, right? This well, elephant beetle in the paper the other day. Yeah. About the size of a gerbil. Right. Massive. Um, Odd-looking thing. Yeah. The bigger, the uglier it is. Why are you looking at me? No. <laughs> in a way, that is the way it works, isn't it? I think, I think size size is a big deal, isn't it, in a way, because... This is interesting. Well, we're better, we better, we better being smaller, aren't we? Well, it depends. What do you mean? Well, no, if you're afloat in the Atlantic Ocean and it's four degrees centigrade, it'd be better to be fat. 
Um, I didn't really mean like that. I just no. meant in terms of like Steve. I've mentioned he's taller than us. Yeah, he's always ill. Well, that's nothing to uh, do with his height. I just think bigger people. It's like that Zhang Lung or whatever the world's tallest man. He's always sneezing and that. He's always got something up with him because he's not meant to be that big. Small fellas, you never see a midget in a doctor's waiting room. <laughs> they, they, they never get they never get ill, do they? You never see one getting run over because they're too small, so you don't hit them. So it's it's. I think size. If you're too big, <laughs> you never see a midget in a doctor's waiting room. So so the well, thing, maybe they're there. No, they're not. They're not. So what I'm saying to you is this beetle that's massive, size of a gerbil. Yeah, this, but it's still whatever. But a gerbil, small. What do you mean? No, this is a big one. This beetle is massive. It lives four months. Lives four months. Been found in a banana crate. Right. Right. It's over here. They're upset for it because it's been in this banana crate for it could be like three months. Um, and the whole purpose of the elephant beetle is to have it away. That's all it wants in its life. It's only got four months, and it loves having it away with another beetle. <laughs> and it hasn't had it. So they, they found it in this crate, and it looked distraught. They said it was showing all signs of, like, desperately wanting to have it away. It was well, when you can wank yourself to death with six legs, you, you leave anything alone for three months in a dark crate. Just eating a load of bananas. Yeah, eating bananas and whacking away. Well, anyway, six uh, times at the same, exactly the same moment. Its feet, its feet go. Apparently, I bet it does. Um, what do you mean, its feet go? That's a sign. When they got it out, they they were um, they they got the experts in. They said, "What what is this? We've got a beetle here, the size of a gerbil." They said, "We'll come round." They had a look. <laughs> I say, well, "How big's the gerbil?" That's just scientists HQ. Is there? Yeah, yeah. You can come that. round. <laughs> right, right. You'll need a gerbil-sized box to bring that round in. <laughs> Come round, uh, ring uh, operator. Uh, can I have uh, people in charge of giant gerbil beetles? Uh, I'll put you through. Uh, hello, gerbil beetle people. Um, I think I've got one. Come round. <laughs> anyway, its feet were going. What, what do you mean, mean its feet, feet were going? going? Do you mean it was dancing like Lionel Blair or it had bunions? I haven't seen one, but there's a surprise. I, I just read that the, that they were saying, yeah, yeah, we know what's the problem here. Look at its legs go, and it, and they go up and down a lot, and it means that it wants it wants like a, a partner. It's dying for it, and they were saying they only live four months, and it looks about three and a half months old. This one. <laughs> How could they tell that? But the problem. The problem is they right. haven't got any of these beetles here. Right. So they've had to instead of uh, flying it back out. Yeah. They've gone over there to try and find one to bring it back. Because of the stress and that that it's had, and it's older. Couldn't you put a gerbil in a beetle outfit? <laughs> Hang on a minute. I don't mean I don't mean a little wig holding a guitar. No, I don't know the full story in that. I just know that they found this beetle. It just sounds unlikely that people would be <laughs> this concerned about do, one beetle. And it's only got half a month left. It's got yeah. two weeks left. It's got to have some sex. We have got to give this beetle some sex because, god damn it, it's a beetle. What was found on a boat with some yeah, bananas? I don't it deserves know why sex he, before it dies. I don't know why he cares more than a blood-sucking beetle than a chimpanzee. I just suddenly. can't believe people are flying out to Japan or wherever they come from. Why do you care so much about beetles all of a sudden? Only because they were mentioned, and I just thought, you know, whilst we're on the beetle tip, let's, you know, let's discuss them. What do you mean his legs were going as well? That's what they do. That shows signs of like it needs it needs a, a woman. Um, it's never had one before, which is weird. That's 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 what I was going to say. Uh, it knew, even though it didn't. <laughs> <laughs> and you're talking about my brain and my ears and all that. There's an example of Go how on. the beetle's not in charge. There's something else going on. In its well, body. it's called instinct. 
Yeah. But that's true in a beetle, but it shouldn't be true in a human being. But it is though, isn't it? Otherwise, how did the first baby survive? How did, how did, how are we here now? Because you look at babies and they're spoilt rotten. I'm sick of it, the way they don't do anything for ages. They wouldn't survive. <laughs> a kangaroo comes out, it's hopping around in about two hours. Babies, they sit there for months. But there's a very good reason for that, I've told you that. It needs its mother. If yeah. that was in a banana crate, it would have given up after about a week. What no, I'm saying is- a couple of days. It would have died mm, in a couple of days, probably. Yeah. Whereas this beetle, he didn't know the outcome. He didn't know if he's ever going to see this partner. Yet, even though he's been in this crate with bananas for three and a half months, it still wants to have it away. Now, if I was that, I'd be like, I'm not in the mood anyway. <laughs> why do you keep, and why do you equate yourself with the beetle? This is what I don't understand. No, I'm not. I'm just saying how that's where nature's good, and I think the, the beetles are better than us in a way. We have got our brain. We've got our creativity. We've got our cognition. We've got all those things. That's, that's, that's our forte. That's where we kick in. Thought, introspection, art. I agree. Well, I could not live in a crate full of bananas for two and a half. I admit that. I admit that if my mum had given birth to me and then dropped me immediately in a bin, I wouldn't have survived. Yeah. But I don't see your point. I'm and just... I understand that beetles can do that and I can't. Mm. But do you know what? The beetles, they couldn't have written and directed The Office. So let's call it even. Hey, all this talk of the beetles, right, has suggested to me, let's have some more music. Here's the Rolling Stones. Oh! Doesn't work. <laughs> Well, that's about it. But this is a test transmission for the enemy radio. Um, I've enjoyed it. Um, I think Steve's had a blast. He's got his hat on. Yeah, I'm as happy as Larry, mate. Um, just, just pleased that I've done it all for free. Yeah. Whereas Carl will be cashing a sweet, sweet check. I know. Is it, is it looked at looking after number one after all we've done for him? I didn't even, see. I didn't even realise there was an opportunity to ask for money because no. I knew I no, understood it to be a favour. So it didn't even yeah. occur to me to get my agent. I always ask. I always ask. No, because I'm doing it as a favour. Oh, if you said to me, can you come around and help me move house, I would do it. I would not presume you are going to pay me for it. Debt mm. of gratitude. See, one day maybe I'll need the enemy. One day I'll call up the enemy, just like you call up scientists and go, I've got a beetle the size of a gerbil, they say, come round. I might call them up and I go, oh, wh what are the drummer, what's the drummer from Dodgy doing? They go, come round. But where does that debt of gratitude stop then? Because at what point do you say, well, I'll have some money, please? When I get a bill from British Gas, yeah. what will I do then? Will I just uh, will I just say redirect this to enemy, because because a little debt of gratitude. Sammy Jacobs, the, the the fellow who runs enemy radio, send the bill to him, please, British Gas, because he'll sort me out. No, he'll go. What are you talking about? That's not my bill. Sort it out yourself. And that's what I'm saying. The world moves on money. I make money to pay the bills. It's not for me. Sometimes I never see it. Doesn't even touch my hands. <laughs> it goes in the bank, out the other way. Doesn't even stop. There's always people taking money off me <laughs> for this, that, and the other. And I'm not moaning about that. But all I'm saying is that's Well, I know, I know, I know uh, this and that cost you money, but why are you paying for the other? Business, innit? Alan Sugar would, he'd say you're mad, you two. He'd say you're stupid. What are you working for, for free? What, what is this? Charity? Well, it isn't. He'd sack you two, he'd say, Carl, you're hired. I would love to see you yeah, well, on The Apprentice. What would Carl be like on The Apprentice? Wow, that would be amazing. That would be amazing. Well, firstly, he's not a team player. We've he's already not a team player, no, no. He'd just go out and get in his own money and say yeah. and not share it with anyone. So Joking. that's number one. Joking, right? That's number one. Mm. Two, you wouldn't want to do it. You'd say, well, why am I doing it for that? I've got bills to pay. Do what? Well, exactly, whatever he asked you to do. 
No, it's, it's a task, isn't it? And I, I wouldn't go on there. Well, anyway. this, this is like a task. Well, okay, here's a task right now. Here, they, last night on The Apprentice, they were doing interviews. Oh, don't tell me anything because I don't know who's in it. I'm, I'm no, catching I won't. Up. I won't. No I won't. Way. All I'll say is that one of the uh, one of the interviewers says, and it's an old interviewing trick when you're working in business. They say, uh, "I've got a lovely luxury pen here, right? Here's a here's a classic old Bic Biro, right? Now you've got to sell that to me now, right? Sell it to me now. How would you sell it to me, right? So just this, a, it's this just is a, a pen this is a, shop. This is, no, 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 no. No, it's a test, right, to see how well you can sell something, okay? Yeah, but Doesn't matter what it is, in this instance it's a cheap pen, right? No, but have sell you it to me, tell me the virtues no, no, no. of that pen, but go! Have you, have you come to me or have I come to you? No, you're, what do you mean? You're selling me that it's pen! It's a task, you've got to show us how you would sell a pen to us, what's no, good about- Okay, tell me what's good about that right, pen! Right, go, sell me the pen, you're on my door, right, you're selling- you're right, a pen so, seller- So I've knocked on you've your knocked door- You've knocked on my door, yeah. you're selling me a pen, All right. go. Uh, hello, how are you today? I'm not interested, what are you- what are you- what Well, you don't know what I'm selling yet. Okay, well what are you selling? Don't get nasty. I'm not getting nasty, I'm just saying, do you like to write much? Do you do much? Yeah, writing? I do some writing. Yeah, I'm a writer, yeah. Yeah. yeah, interesting. How, how do you do that? Computer. Well, you said we're a processor. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, thanks very much. Goodbye. No, no, but hang on a minute. Just, uh, do you ever do you ever use a pen? Sometimes I use pens. Yeah, but um, I got loads of pens. Thanks. I got a really nice pen here. Beautiful, classic. Looks, yeah, like, it looks like an expensive fountain. It's an expensive fountain pen. My grandfather gave it to me. It's oh, that, wow. So that's, that's quite a special pen. It sounds like. Pen. I mean, it is a lovely pen and everything. But the problem is. When you go out and about, there's a danger that you could lose that. That is very true, but I mean, I don't really take pens. Have you seen about these, sir? Can I interest you in just some looks these, like sir? a cheap, tatty old pen, mate? Sometimes you just want a pen that does the job, and this pen does that job. Do you want to buy some? No, I don't. Why not? Well, because I've got. I've just, <laughs> <laughs> I just told you, I've got Genius. a great pen. I've got a great Genius. pen already, and I don't see why I need that <laughs> pen. It's cheap and it's tacky. And well, it's you're saying it's cheap. Me. Do you know how cheap? How cheap is it? Well, it depends how many you want. Well. Let's just say, for the sake of argument, I want 50 of them. Yeah, I can do that. What kind of How deal much? would you do for me? Uh, eight quid. Eight quid for 50 of those pens? I can get them for about a penny down the market. Sorry, Carl, you're selling, you're selling 50 pens for eight quid. How much do they cost you? Just want to make sure this is a good business venture for you, otherwise it's pointless. How much do they cost you to buy? Um, I got them really cheap. But how much? How much did I say you can have them for? Eight quid for 50. I paid a fiver. For fifty, so, really? Yeah. Wait, this is. I, I'll have. I, I, I'll have. I'll have. Can I have them for five? Because I'm a mate. Uh, you can have twenty-five for four fifty. <laughs> no, well, no. You, if you got if you got fifty pens for five quid, I wouldn't I, do this as a living. <laughs> anyway, that's that's the thing. <laughs> Carl, can you get me? Can you get me fifty pens for a fiver then? Fifty pens for a fiver. Yeah, it's not worth it, mate. Well, I'm a mate. Just you don't want to make a profit out of me, do you? It's not worth it. Uh, I'm trying to run a business here. I've got bills to pay. Yeah, well, I'm trying to f write something. I'm gonna close the door in your face. No, right. You don't want a pen. No. Fine. Sometimes you've got to know when to cut off and and move on. And so that's, that's what, what you'd do. say to, to Sir Alan. Is that you always give up when someone says no? I'll you give say, up. I'll say I, I met him. Uh, he just wasn't having it, Sir Alan. <laughs> Say he didn't want any pens. If you don't want any pens, you're not going to buy them. But that you're a salesman. You've got to persuade me that I need a pen. But Everyone needs about, pens. But what are you talking about the other fellow that came out of the, the well, just lurking behind him, who came out of the shower, and I went, "Oh, I have fifty pens for five. What did you say to him? He said, "Not interested." I was yeah, because it all got a bit dodgy. I don't know who this person was and that, and and he just wanted him at the going rate. What sort of a businessman would it be for me to have got the pens for fifty quid? Fifty pens for a, how much? <laughs> Eight, you're fired. <laughs> Stick it up your ass. Well, I've enjoyed it, I must say. Uh, I've been Ricky Gervais, with me Stephen Merchant. Goodbye. And, uh, and Carl Pilkington. Um, 
Uh, if you've enjoyed this drivel as much as me, which is unlikely, because um, I mean I like being in a room with a no no offence to you, Steve, but with a couple of freaks. <laughs> um, none taken. <laughs> sure, thanks. <laughs> um, if you have, we've um, we've got a little back catalogue, haven't we, Carl? We've done about what was it, twenty four of these. Loads. Loads of them. You can go to iTunes on a little audio book. Good value for money, isn't it? It's a couple of quid for hours of entertainment. I tell you as well, if you if you love um, great music and, uh, as I say, you know, informative chit chat, then um, then Six Music is your destination. BBC Six Music, you can check that out. Every Carl, anything to plug? Uh, well, if you don't want to listen to the radio and you haven't got iTunes, go back to Basics, Re- read a book. Yeah, uh, it's not out yet, but Would- it will be. Well, how are they going to read it then if it's not out yet? Just saying it will. Well, come I'm out. saying they can go to iTunes now and get the back catalogue, and they can go to Six Music this Sunday. So I don't know why you're saying well, after, you might do after, a book. Well, well after, right, after that, after they've done all that uh, in a couple of months, just nip down to. A book I'm not shop. waiting a couple of months. What if they need to have it away? Busy guy, like the Beatle. You wouldn't say to the Beatle. Oh, it's all right. I'll, all right. I'll well, there's away in a there's another months. book out there as well that I did last year. Right. I presume as well is the NME Radio going to be on at some point. Just check the enemy for details. Yeah, or maybe go on its website. Enemy.com? Probably. <laughs>